0: The Athletic Lab has been a CrossFit affiliate since 2008 in St. Paul, Minnesota, and this is our podcast. We invite you on the inside, joining us as we share our views, experiences, and guidance on everything relating to fitness, nutrition, and health. We'll invite subject matter experts who share their knowledge with us, and we'll talk to individuals from all walks of life about their journey to longevity. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please email us at staff at theathletelab.com. Of course, subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. Welcome to the Talcast. All
1: right, Talcast episode number 10. Today we are talking about the changes that have come our way in relation to the Open and the Games both for individuals, for teams, for age groups. What we know so far, um, there hasn't been an official, official announcement from CrossFit yet. We've had unofficial announcements from Greg Glassman, predominantly, and uh, just some purposefully things that have leaked uh, via Morning Chalk Up and Arm & Hammer TV and a couple other sites. But most of our information is kind of coming from there. So, feel free to dig into that if you want some more information on it. But, Joe is here. Um, Joe, you can say hi. Hi. (laughs) Uh, So, this won't be a super long podcast, but at least giving you guys um, some info on just what we know so far and the impact that it could have on you, on your season, and uh, just the CrossFit games as a sport. So, starting with the year past, 2018... Started with the open in February, March, and April. The top twenty in each division uh, for each—I should say—each subregion made regionals. Um, about sixteen regions. Uh, about I, that's not an exact number. And then the top five-ish in each of the eight regionals. So they were super regions. Made it onto the games. So regionals was in what? May, June, June.
2: June, I want to say.
1: Yeah, May or June. And then the games being the first week in August, first weekend in August. This year, some changes uh, that are coming our way. The Open will be the same time for the 2019 season, um, but a little bit different qualification process. So they got rid of regionals completely. They will take national championships, national champions, one guy, one gal in each country with an affiliate. So, right now, there's 162 different countries that have an affiliate for the 2019 season, which could mean 162 athletes that could make it to the Games. Now, that's if they're willing to get the funding, pay their way, make the trip. But 162 athletes versus 40 men, 40 women that we had last year. The other way to qualify for the Games is right now for the 2019 season only – Because we won't have the sanctioned events, which we'll get to in a second, um, they're going to take the top 20 in the world. So um, that will be a lot of prior games athletes, um, some probably very familiar faces that will take those 20 spots and qualify for the games via the Open. The last way to qualify for the 2019 games Is to be the overall winner of the sanctioned events that get approved before the games actually come to fruition. So found out this last week that Granite Games is one, found out prior to that that Dubai Fitness Challenge is one or fitness championship. Unofficially, Wadapalooza, the French Championships, a competition to be named in Del Mar, which is where the regional was in California, competition in China, competition in Australia, competition in Iceland or Ireland, one in Ohio one in Cape Town, and potentially a few others that could be officially sanctioned events for the 2019 season, but there likely won't be all of them for the 2019 games, but everyone will be established for the 2020 games. That being said, for the 2020 games, the Open will be in October, so no longer will the Open be in March after 2019, but only in October. Teams. This is a lot. Teams. In years past, uh, teams qualified for regionals through the Open. I think it was the top 20. Is that right? Yes. Top 20 for each sub-region that made it onto regionals. So just like for individual athletes. And then top five in each super region made it to the games. This year, they've completely eliminated the teams from the Open, so there won't even be a team scoreboard. They can only qualify through sanctioned events so that's going to be a huge thing for the 2019 games is how the team um, if we only have let's say 10 sanctioned events how the team uh, qualification process actually works out because last year there was i think 40 teams that actually made the games and so if we only have 10 sanctioned events that's only 10 teams that could potentially make the games The other thing that they've announced with teams is that there's no requirement for affiliatization. That's a made-up word, but basically it means that teams don't need to train together or be from the same affiliate. You could just pull super teams from anywhere. They don't need to train together, and they could uh, go to the games. So we might see some more games athletes going team because of that, because there is potentially a better chance of making it through those sanctioned events like what we saw with Granite Games this past year. The age group is the last category. Um, In the year past, uh, through the Open, the top 200 in the world made it to the online regional qualifier. The top 20 from the online regional qualifier made it to the games for each age group division. Your first score for the online regional qualifier was your rank in the Open. So the Open actually does play in the online regional qualifier, which I believe is in like April or May. Uh, No, not April. I think it's in May. That uh, process isn't going to change except for potentially a smaller number of athletes that would make it on to the games via the Open. Okay, so that's a lot. So (laughs) we'll kind of get into it here, Um, talking about a couple of things that we've just kind of been thinking of when it all comes down to um, the shift in the sport because it is big news. It did kind of catch us off guard. Um, and there's still a lot that's up in the air. And I think there's still a lot to be clarified by CrossFit. But at least there's a couple other things or a couple of things to this point in the past three weeks that we know to be true. So, Joe, do you want to start? And we'll just kind of work our way kind of through the list. Sure. Um,
2: CrossFit, CrossFit Inc. is focusing more on building a global program. That is centered around health and not the games, which I think anyone who's been watching closely is, or that maybe isn't watching closely, associates CrossFit with the sport and not the prescription of health.
1: Yeah. And so to that extent, I think it's a smart move, Mm -hmm. but I know it kind of rattles a lot of people when it comes to like, you have this sport and you have this business, and uh, the next point I have here, Glassman actually used this analogy. Um, but basically, you have this uh, car dealership, yeah. and different car dealerships use different tactics to get people onto their lot. So, you have things like popcorn, or hot dogs, or clowns, or those uh, floaty floaty things. Yeah, many don't say yeah, those flo- floaty things that like
2: wacky arm inflatable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And so basically, what he's saying is, right now, while we're trying to sell cars, or in this equation, cars being health or affiliates. Uh, instead, people are paying attention to 400 clowns that are in the parking lot mm-hmm. and basically being distracted that what we're actually trying to sell is health to people, but everyone's getting distracted by the games or the top athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting analogy. Um, so as far as, like, CrossFit as a whole, do you think it's a smart business decision? A
2: hundred percent. Because, I mean, one, one thing that, um, that was brought up was the amount of money that they spend on regionals when they're not getting, they're not making any profit from regionals. Yeah. It's not really spectator friendly. It's the same event, events every single week through all of the regionals. And now you have, CrossFit's really doing one big thing and that's that's the games. So they can focus their energy on that. And then all these other Um, sanctioned events are going to be, you know, that's going to be, they're going to be paid. They're paying CrossFit to be sanctioned, putting CrossFit on their event name. So they're making profit from that as a spectator. Um, that's more exciting because you have higher level competition at these, at these sanctioned events. And as a professional athlete, it leaves you an opportunity to make money and make a better living with these
1: sanctioned events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And we'll get a little bit more into the sanctuary events as we kind of work through here. Um, But bottom line, as far as the shift in the sport, for 99.9% of people, this means absolutely nothing except for the fact that the Open after the 2019 Open will move to October. So right away, the 2020 Open will be in October of 2019. So basically right after the game. So think of how long ago the games was right now and in what, three weeks mm-hmm. we'd basically be starting the open, which is kind of cool. Um, I think right now it feels like it would be happening right away, but as we get into the new season and everything kind of adjusts, I think it will feel like um, there's a little bit more momentum between the seasons. Uh, but basically you have – think of if you were shifting uh, the NBA or the NFL or the MLB to uh, – a brand new season like moving it around in the year it would take a year or two to actually like feel like it's set Mm -hmm. um but the great thing about it and this has been true for me is that I think the past three or four years I've had to drop in somebody somewhere on vacation and actually do open workouts I think two or three times now um, and thankfully over spring break this year, we won't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Well, we will have to worry about this year, this year for yeah. 2020. We won't have to worry about it. So I think October actually in general, um, makes a little bit more sense as far as, uh, the schedule for the year. And mm-hmm. I mean, in all honesty, not a lot happens in October, except the fall in-house thrown out, which yeah. you need to get signed <laughs> up for. <laughs> so grab your partner and sign up for that soon. October 6th, 8am to noon. Okay. Um, the other point with this, uh, you could open up an affiliate in or on Madagascar and make it to the games. Do you think we'll see any of that?
2: No. Yeah, I, I don't no. know. Well, maybe, depending on how many of these sanctioned events they have and where they place them. Yeah. I mean, I think CrossFit would would, would like people from every single one of their countries they have affiliates yeah. in and then some, yeah. you know, to make it. Yeah,
1: and I don't know how many countries are in the world, but I assume they're kind of going for like a more Olympics yeah I type mean, approach
2: like he had said in one of the one of the interviews was it looked the the games in their ceremony like they try to do the new yep. or like they try to do it like the olympics does it looked like a fourth of july parade yep you totally. know so
1: totally. well in you know it, it's just like the olympics where the united states and this is definitely true with crossfit but the United States. Let's let's say, uh, well, basketball because we absolutely dominate basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, like there may be a country like Argentina that competes with the U.S. for basketball. But bottom line is that we could probably send fifty teams in basketball that are going to be better than uh, I don't know. Uh, All but maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Teams from around the world. So that's definitely going to be true with the sport. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we could see a growth in madagascar or Mm -hmm. in uh south africa or in uh china even Mm -hmm. of these affiliates because now the sport is more of a global Mm -hmm. sport so i think that could be cool um two opens we already talked about that in this next year um so let's talk about the expansion of the sanctioned crossfit events especially with granite games uh right in the rearview mirror with being last weekend and them announcing that they're going to be a sanctioned event. So we have one actually just right on our home soil here in Minnesota, what that's actually going to look like um, for qualifying for the games and how we feel that might actually change. So go back to your point before, Joe. Um, You were talking about kind of the way that the business is going to shift uh, where these events are actually going to be paying CrossFit Mm -hmm. to form an affiliation. And one of the things I heard uh, John Swanson talk about this past week as well was Now they're going to have a whole new set of standards Mm -hmm. that these sanctioned events are going to have to apply to. So hopefully not that Granite games isn't well run, but now it's going to be run very similar to the rest of the events because there has to be um, basically a minimum standard that they have to meet. So Mm -hmm. that could be safety protocols. That could be um, different types of events or number of events. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how athletes actually qualify for those sanctioned events or if they're invites. Yeah. Because some of them are invites right now.
2: Yeah, I think – I mean, again, so much of this is speculation and none of the – nothing has been said by the people who actually run and plan for the CrossFit Games and Dave Castro and Justin Berg.
1: Yeah, those are the two I'm interested to hear if they actually make a statement. Yeah. Because it has been said that Castro is obviously still the director of the games. Yeah. But he hasn't said anything yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, this is purely my own speculation, but I, I think Glassman's tired of. I don't think he's one who wants to be put into the spotlight, but I think he's tired of the Dave Castro show. Yeah. As are I, I think there's probably a lot of people out there that are sick of the Dave Castro show and his. I mean, his book is. It's a tough one to get through because it's a hundred percent me, yeah. me how great i am as dave castro um he even signed signed cam's book he signs so our friend cameron brought castro's book to the games yep. and had him sign it and i said what do you sign on there and he says it's it just says his name the dave castro yeah tdc i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's going to be interesting because obviously they don't want they want they want globalization they want to have each country represented obviously because that helps Cat crossfit as a brand get out there i mean i think it's the vehicle to help crossfit and the prescription of health mm-hmm. like more globalized but i think you, these eliminators is what was talked about in one of the articles is gonna hopefully weed out the the lesser of the competition yeah. and and I think you'll just, they might have to play around with it for a couple of years yep. just to make sure that the games are still competitive.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see how the Open, like if they keep the national champions mm-hmm. or potentially they add more spots through these sanctioned events. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, we hadn't even wrote this down or I haven't even thought about it to this point, but looking back on Granite Games this past weekend, I thought they said like 2,000, or not 2,000, 20,000 athletes.
2: At Grant Games?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And my math could be off on that. But there was, I know there's 115 teams in our division. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by two because there's a women's division of our division. Mm-hmm. So it's 230 times three per athlete.
2: Mm-hmm. And then you've got...
1: So maybe it's not 20,000. Maybe that's way off. Maybe it was 2,000. I don't know. Either yeah. way, you have thousands of athletes paying, mm-hmm. all of them paying, to participate in Granite Games, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before. John Swanson's probably making a good chunk of change through that. But... That in relation to uh, regionals, where I don't know if athletes are paying or not to actually go there. Yeah. But you have 80 athletes. Yeah. And and you have 40 teams. Right. So you have 80 athletes and 40 teams. That's what? A tenth or even less of how many athletes actually participated in Granite Games or Wadapalooza or. I don't know how Dubai works or these other ones, but now now you have these um, international competitions in Miami, in Minnesota, in Dubai, in uh, California, in China, Australia, Ireland, Iceland, Ohio, Cape Town, wherever they're at, where there's now let's call it 2,000 athletes that are participating or even more if this is truly a qualifier event who are potentially all paying their way to get there. Mm -hmm. And – CrossFit's banking off of that, too. So now rather than throwing money at regionals, which cost them millions of dollars this year to do, now they're actually making money on more international-type events. Mm -hmm. And the other thing with that is, um, I I mean, I know that like regional caliber athletes probably feel like they got sucker-punched. But it does create a few more opportunities for them to go compete at a high level. Mm-hmm. It's just not regionals now. It's just sanctioned events.
2: A lot more yeah. op- I mean opportunities because they could be they could end up in a quali- qualifier for that event. Let's say not all of your top level regional athletes are gonna go to that event. Yeah. Because maybe they've already qualified or they've planned out their season and how they wanna the uh, the competitions that they wanna do. Yeah. So that leaves the door open for those regional caliber the ones that are just on the outside yeah. to go in there and compete against athletes that maybe they're missing out on and competing against at regionals or yeah. maybe they never get actually get to compete against them because they're always in the, the like the first heats Yep. Yep. so
1: well and and more money with these events means more sponsors more coverage likely i think they talked a little bit about tv coverage with them yeah i, I don't remember i those. don't remember
2: that yeah one when you when you talk about sponsors what's interesting is um CrossFit just had a lawsuit against Reebok. Yeah, right. So they could potentially out their deal yep. against Reebok and immediately start, you know, because in 2020, their deal's up anyways. Mm-hmm. So they could be out at yep. that point when this whole thing's full swing. It'd yeah. be like open up to, you know, because you have sponsors or you have companies, maybe like a supplement company from, from China that. Is we don't even have here, or mm-hmm. an apparel company from Australia, mm-hmm. and you have an Australian act, or, uh, athlete that's representing that that brand at the yep. Games now. Yep. That's huge.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something we'll definitely see more with these Sanctuary events, is basically people showing up with their jersey on, mm-hmm. of, you know, whatever their sponsor is, and or teams especially, like mm-hmm. teams that are sponsored by these CrossFit sponsors that are out there, and that could be Reebok, it could be Nike, it could be um, some sort of supplement or some sort of bar. Uh, mm-hmm. So that would be kind of interesting to see how that plays out too. So it kind of opens the door, it, in some ways opens these floodgates of more money circulating in the sport yeah, through sure. sponsors, through these events, and leading up to the games. But now the games isn't the one and only, I think. I think it still crowns the champion in the world. But I know that these sanctioned events will take a little bit of the spotlight away from them too. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch those and rather than like three weekends of regionals a year, now you have these events that are spread out basically over the course of eight months. And so you have eight months and you have 16 events. It's two a month. Yeah. So it'll be kind of cool.
2: It'll be, I hope it is. Like I was thinking about this today and I'm thinking there's only so many things you can do in CrossFit, right? But I mean, you look at golf. People watch golf every weekend. I think it's a great comparison, and it's the same. They're playing the same game. It's just a different course. Right. So I mean, Tiger's not always playing. Right. You know, like (laughs) exactly. So, it's it's a. It I think it's mutually beneficial for the athletes, and the affiliate owners, Mm -hmm. because hopefully this works out, to where the the brand of CrossFit, is. Booming, it's it's growing and. So there's more people trying CrossFit. It's almost back to when CrossFit was like people were just flooding in the doors because people are like, oh my gosh, these people are getting shredded or they're, you know, they lost X amount of pounds because they're on a nutrition protocol, you know, they're following old school CrossFit nutrition protocol and what's this CrossFit thing? I need to do that, you know? Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it, it did right away. Like it honestly felt like a sucker punch and. You know, I'm not even, like, a regionals-type athlete. But Glassman's a pretty smart guy Mm -hmm. and a very smart businessman. Mm -hmm. And now that we kind of talk through it and the more information that comes out, the more I'm excited to see just how the growth of the sport will happen. Because while CrossFit health is the most important thing, like getting people in the door, helping them, you know, get fit, lose weight, feel good, look good, while that is the main thing when it comes to CrossFit, I'm always interested in the sport, too, because both of us grew up, you know, being athletes. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, but I feel like the sport could explode over the next couple of years, too, mm-hmm. just with the, the globalization of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah,
2: an outlet to compete if you're, yeah. you know, and if it's, let's say you're a Chinese weightlifter. And if you know anything about Chinese weightlifting, you know they're all savages. I yeah. mean, you might find the next Matt Fraser in China.
1: I am shocked. That there hasn't been more competition from China yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is It is The strange. way that they're trained over there. Yeah. it's amazing.
1: It's strange. Um, so a couple of the last things here. We talked about sanctioned events. Um, the oh, oh, one other thing with, like, we just got off Granite Games, mm-hmm. and it was fun to go and compete, and I love doing that. At the same time, we were still able to go and watch some of the main events, watch the individual pros, watch the, the team's pros that went. So I think it could be cool from a competitor standpoint too. You know, we weren't <laughs> we weren't going for the top spot by any means in in those top divisions, but it was still fun to be there and get to watch those guys and walk by them every day and.
2: Then you guys have to warm up in the same area. Yeah, wa- them, warm which, up in the same how area. How unique is that?
1: Yeah, so I'm curious to see what happens with that, but at least you know, on the topic of like Granite Games, I think it will be very cool, um, and I would love to go compete again. Even if it is a sanctioned event, even mm-hmm. if the attention is on these top athletes, and John Swanson said, you know, it's about all the athletes, but that could change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that'd be really cool still to to go and watch yeah. those guys. I
2: really hope that Granite Games, that John Swanson does stick true to what he said about trying to keep the format the same, mm-hmm. about the community, because it's that's what he like hammers home. Yep. Um, because it's it's unique. Yeah, you know, to be able when I've never done grand games, but um, just hearing about like the fact that you should get to warm up in the same exact area as you know your f- name most popular right, crossfitter. Right. You know, like
1: I was sharing a bar with same Dancer. Yeah, he was warming up his snatch, and I was warming up my deadlift. But it was good. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, potentially that. Could I didn't happen. actually share a bar with same Dancer. Yeah. Um. So a couple other things here. Potentially, there could be 192 athletes, 162 from uh, one from each country that could qualify from the games. The top 20 in the world makes 182. And then, say we have these 10 sanctioned events for the next year, 16 the following year. In the following year, we'll get rid of the top 20 in the world, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, But 190 to 200 athletes is kind of what we're looking at. So far, Glassman has said um, there's potential for knockout-style games. So Mm -hmm. in the first, which actually used to happen, Mm -hmm. they used to do knockout style. Uh, But like basically two days of events that weeds out the bottom half or the bottom three fourths of the competition. Mm -hmm. So we will probably still see the top athletes um, probably less from the United States than there has been in years past um, or less from Canada or less from Australia. But I think overall, you'll probably still see Matt Fraser up there and yeah, whoever's alongside him.
2: Right. Well, yeah, you'll definitely see Matt Fraser up there. Yeah. I think you'll see those athletes that are maybe six through twelve. Yep. Start to do the te- the super teams. Yep. So that they can still go to the games. Yeah. And that'll make the team competition exciting.
1: Yeah, it'll make the team competition exciting, especially at those sanctioned events. Yeah. Because now you have these super teams, and again, this was one of the last points here, but you're eliminating the team aspect from the open, Mm -hmm. which means a lot more people are caring less Mm -hmm. about the open Mm -hmm. because all of those cusp people where it mattered a lot, what they did for their team score. Now it doesn't really matter because they're probably not going to win the open for the United States. Right. So it could mean um, that there's a little bit more fun with the open for more people. Um, and more focus on these sanctioned events, mm-hmm. which I think could be good overall for the Open. I think that'll be a interesting change as well and really cool for the sanction events to be able to watch these super teams show up and and wreck it. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're going to see, not. I mean, yeah, super teams, you're just going to see higher caliber athletes at these sanctioned events because, I mean, if, like, the Grand Games is the last one, mm-hmm. and that's in June, like, that's going to be crazy because you're going to yeah. have some people that are coming in there that that's their final opportunity yeah. to make it to the games. And yep. it's going to be
1: highly competitive. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting too is, is we saw a couple of super teams show up this, these past couple of years of the games and Invictus X this past year. So Sam Dancer, his wife and mm-hmm. Holden, who was an, another games athlete. And I don't know who their last girl was, but obviously very either, competitive. Yeah, Right. They showed up, and they still took, what, second or third? they took second. At the games. And Mayhem has won it most of the years now. I think Mm -hmm. they've won it three times. Um, And by no means, I mean, they have Rich, but by no means are they the top athletes in the world. Mm -mm. So it'll be interesting to see if, like, some of these, like, legit top 20 games athletes make teams. Like this past weekend when we saw... Um, in Andy's division at Granite Games, this pro division, when we saw Jessica Griffith, uh, Cassie Lance warder and Jen Smith, who are all games. legit games athletes. Mm-hmm. And they still uh, – they won, but it was close. But it was another group of all games athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Meredith Root, uh, oh, and two Misfits, Paige Simenza and uh, Kenzie Riley. Mm. That was the other team, and and they were up there too. So it'll be interesting to see if like talent alone can get these teams to qualify or if they actually have to be a cohesive team like what the mayhem team has been.
2: Yeah, well and I think that that actually speaks volumes and it, I, when I when it's when Glassman said, you know, that the analysis super teams, super teams, you know, I think there's something we said about chemistry on your team. Um that what was it? Can't stop.
1: Yeah, it won't stop. Can't yeah. stop
2: won't stop. Yeah. Uh, they, no, uh, don't, that no, was, a, was Travis Williams, no, Sheila Barden. Don't stop, Jordan. Yeah, don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um and Jordan Cook. You know, all three have been to the games yeah. multiple times, like probably you know five plus all together.
1: Yeah, a little bit more f- like fringe. Yeah, I mean, I say that loosely. They're some of the top athletes in the world, right? Definitely not top twenty.
2: Right, but in comparison to like, the, if you just look at a team as a whole, right, at the games. Mm-hmm. When they cut it down to four, you're like, "Ooh, that's gonna be a tough team." Mm -hmm. They they destroyed their super region, yeah. And um, I, I mean, granted, they had some hotheads on their team, but I think there's gonna the the people that are gonna try to do super teams and not like actually train together for a certain period of time. They're not gonna be as successful as maybe they think they would be, unless you put like rich. Fraser. and yeah. then the Cookville yeah.
1: Tia who's moving to Cookville <laughs> yeah is she really <laughs> that's what I heard oh my gosh <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah so I, I think that competition that was regionals for the teams mm-hmm. now just shifts to these sanctioned events so I think there's very actually l- very little change mm-hmm. um, the other thing and we talked about money a little bit before but I am curious to see uh granted games this past year paid out I mean the the payout for the the winning pot was pretty big. Yeah. And I'd be curious to see. So, like, if I'm Matt Fraser, right, mm-hmm. and I win the Open and I qualify for the games, but Granite Games is out there or, you know, this competition in Ohio. Right. And I can go and win, let's say, $20,000. Mm-hmm. Do I go and try to shoot for it? Because then does he actually take another spot? Like, does, does he suck up that qualifying spot or does it go to the next person? That's a good question. So I'm curious to see that because – you know, it. He said before, like ultimately, his training revolves around the games. But if you can go win a chunk of change at these other competitions,
2: yeah. What do you remember? What that was? What the like the individual? What they won for their pot?
1: I don't know. I want to say the team was like twenty thousand.
2: Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, just looking at what Dubai.
1: And Dubai, I think it's the is, highest.
2: It's twenty thousand for teams. Fifty thousand for individuals. I mean, I know Fraser went to Dubai and won one year. Yeah. He probably got the fifty thousand. Well, I think he won Granite Camps one year too. Yeah,
1: I think that was before he won the games.
2: I mean, if you want to be a multi-million-dollar CrossFit athlete, right. you almost have to. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got to. I mean, you'd pick and choose. Yeah, but at, I, are these guys really training? Any Granite Camp competition is is at a much. You're putting a lot more stress on your body, right? Yeah. And the workouts are much more brutal than your own training, but right. these guys are already training three days three times a day, right you know, and you're taking out regionals you're taking out right. the
1: regionals competition that was in their year mm-hmm. and so you know it's June, and I'm Fraser and I've already won the open in October mm-hmm. and I've already had my off season mm-hmm. and now I'm ramping up for the games in August. Why am I going try to win granite games you know like that's and there hasn't been a lot of discussion around that yet about what if a qualified athlete Already won Dubai and mm-hmm. then they go to Granite Games. And let's say they win Granite Games, you know, what happens with that spot? So, yeah, I'm curious to see how that plays out. And that's going to be just part of the shift in the sport. And
2: that would make it a true circuit, yeah, like like PGA tennis, yep. you yep. know, like you, that's what I'm in. And I don't think like a Fraser is going to do that as much as someone who's getting like the someone who's maybe, you know, 37th and got a thousand dollars at Dubai or fourth and got ten thousand like someone who's maybe not you know that caliber athlete Mm -hmm. but is going to potentially make as much as fraser in just combined winnings yeah
1: and you know what i'd be curious to see is like so in golf or in in nascar they have this true circuit where you get points Mm -hmm. you know pga points or nascar points and i don't understand it completely but you have these, let's say, 16 established sanctioned events. Can I go to these events and rack up points and make that a qualifying spot for mm-hmm. the games? So I'd be curious to see if that happens too. If, you know, in the course of the next five years, if they open up, let's say, 10 spots for the games for the... Um, points leaders. Yeah, the points leaders from the sanctioned events. I would hope you, so. You know, that'd be yeah, kind of interesting too. I would hope too. so. It
2: would make it a lot more entertaining and competitive at the games because
1: bottom line is like the the truest test is the games it's mm-hmm. four or five days and they do crazy amounts of events mm-hmm. i doubt these sanctioned events will be as um elaborate as what the games will be so you know it, it some of it depends on the programming mm-hmm. so if 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 granite games isn't programmed the way that would be conducive for me to win I still get credit by finishing top five, mm-hmm. so I get points for that. Right. So I'd be curious to see what that happens to.
2: So, just a quick go back to the 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 winnings, mm-hmm. right? Like, do you know if CrossFit, if at the games, if you take kind of like how these other ones are are paid out, like if they pay you, if the payout goes down, and yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Yep. Because I think like, it goes all
1: the way down to 40th. Does it really last place? Yeah. Okay. So for like, those that finish the games. You
2: look at Travis Mayer. Yep. Just won the Granite male games. division of yep. grand games. If let's say he made fifty thousand dollars, yep. I bet that's more than he's probably made, combined, of the all the games he's games. made. Yeah. So like, like that just goes back to like legitimizing the sport even more, yeah. and making it like a living for those athletes that aren't taking first. Yeah. Which yeah, is for great sure. for the athlete.
1: Yeah. 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 So it could be cool. Total shift in the sport. Um, I know we're pretty excited about it. There's still a lot up in the air. A lot of questions still to be answered by CrossFit. Um, more ef- official statements to come out. But I think it could be a great thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's globalizing more uh, health focused from the CrossFit realm, even better. So mm-hmm. the sport could grow the overall, hopefully the health of the world <laughs> through right. affiliates is going to grow. And CrossFit's able to focus more on their affiliates rather than focusing on the games while these sanctioned events focus on producing a more legitimate sport yeah and potentially even more earnings and more dollars coming through the sport as well so overall i think it's great anything else that's it all right episode 10 thanks for listening bye
0: and that's a wrap for this episode of the telecast thanks for listening please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app If you do have any questions about this particular episode, please feel free to email us at staff at theathletelab.com. And stay tuned for plenty more to come.